So, when was your last checkup? Oh no, not you. Although that's important too, but when was your last vehicle checkup? When it comes to service, nobody knows your Chevy better than your local Chevy dealer. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule an appointment today. Blackhawks Live. It's a break in front of the pass. He scores! That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain. Go behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Blackhawks Live. Now, here's Joe Brand with Chris Bowden. Okay, guys, show us what you got. Well, ding dong, the witch is dead. Blackhawks finally have their first victory on the season. It was in their 10th game, a 5-1 winner over the Ottawa Senators. Patrick Kane roaring the United Center with a hat-trick. Brandon Hagel almost a hat-trick of their own. But it has been an eventful week for the Blackhawks, to say the least. Along with their first win, the Hawks and uh, Kyle Beach's attorney, Susan Loggins, also met this afternoon. We'll talk about the development there. Uh, the Hawks had been hit by a bad case of COVID and COVID protocol, but obviously Patrick Kane returning last night, Jujar Kara, Riley Stillman were back on the ice tonight, or rather earlier today for morning skate, as were Mark Crawford and Jimmy Waite. And Kirby Duck will join tonight's show as well. And as always, I'm Joe Brand. We're joined by WGN-TV's Chris Bowden. And Chris, uh, like I said, an eventful week, but uh, a big Fun victory for the Blackhawks and, and much needed last night. Yeah, it was it was uh, great to see the, the guys finally rewarded, and um, you know it's been such a, a recurring series of things that jump up and bite this team through the first nine games of the season. But to finally get through against an Ottawa team, which you know is on the up and up, they're not good by any means yet, but they have a lot of good young talent on that squad. I thought it was kind of a, a dangerous game for the Blackhawks as well. When you think in past years, okay, Ottawa, that's almost an automatic W if you if you do your due diligence and 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 take care of what you need to. But this is a, a team that's uh, slowly on the rise. So good on the Blackhawks and uh, very impressive with uh, Marc-Andre Fleury seeming to get into his groove here the last couple of games. Yeah, Fleury with 69 saves of the last 71 shots that he's faced. He's really locked in. Even that loss to St. Louis on Saturday, a one nothing fall. The Blackhawks have put together 120 pretty solid minutes, but a big tall task yeah. coming up tomorrow night with the Carolina Hurricanes as the Blackhawks have already faced them and already faced the Hurricanes' wrath last week. Again, he's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. Kirby Doc is going to join the show shortly. So we're actually going to have to get to a break so we can bring in Kirby Doc. Before we get there, though, hey, don't forget to change your life today. That's a powerful message. One, the Joint Relief Institute works hard to help make happen for hundreds of patients every day. But it would change your life if you could walk and move around pain-free. There's enough weighing on people's minds these days. Don't let joint pain weigh you down. Uh, Don't let joint pain weigh down your body. The Joint Relief Institute in Orland Park, Oak Brook, and now Northbrook uses sophisticated state-of-the-art digital imaging to see precisely where your tissue is deteriorated, and then they put in a joint lubricant into that exact spot. It's fast, painless, and non-surgical. It's like putting a pillow in there to cushion your every step. Your insurance provider or Medicare almost surely will pay for it, and their insurance specialists will make sure you get the maximum coverage. So why not change your life today by making it pain-free? Go to JoinReliefInstitute.com in Orland Park, Oak Brook, and now Northbrook. Same number for all three locations. Make your appointment today. Call 708-888-0000, as in zero pain. Kirby Doc joins the show next. You're listening to Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. 
Jones to Kurashev, center ice to Kirby Dock, racing it over the leaf line, splits the defense, moves and shoots, he scores! Roll the highlight reel for Kirby Dock! The Hawks take their first lead of the season on a power play goal. It's the Hawks one and the Leafs no score with 14.60 left in period number one. Just like that game, the Blackhawks were able to grab the first lead of the day last night as well as they took down the Ottawa Senators 5-1 for their first victory. You're tuned in to Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN along with Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. And we're pleased to welcome in Kirby Doc, number 77 for the Blackhawks. Kirby, thanks so much for joining us today. In terms of yesterday's win, what was the most exciting thing about yesterday? I think just getting the win, getting the, the monkey off the back, or as far as said, the gorilla. So uh, it's exciting that we're able to get a win, and hopefully there's uh, there's many more to come. We can kind of find a, find a way to keep the streak going here. Hey, Kirby, uh, thanks for jumping out with us. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, good to talk to you again. Uh, obviously, this is the kind of start uh, th- that no one expected. As you look to climb out and get back on track, there's probably some some mental hurdles that the team faces in-game situations to to break uh, some of the early season patterns that have that have kind of developed here. How difficult have uh, has it been to to you know kind of collectively to overcome uh, those things, and and how have the team leaders handled it in trying to uh, get over that hump? Yeah, like you said, we kind of dug ourselves a hole here and nearly going, but um, I think we've done a good group, uh, good job of regrouping and coming back and. Uh, trying to be positive in the dressing room and not getting too down. And obviously last night we were able to get a win against Ottawa. Toronto was another tough test in Carolina, and uh, the focus shifts onto them last night and even today. It's uh, getting prepared to play against them. They're undefeated still, and they're a good team that plays hard and fast. So it's going to be a good game for them, and we're looking forward to it. Along with the somewhat frustrating struggle to this year, I'm sure there's been mental struggles too with the constant development of this Kyle Beach situation. How have you been able to handle your emotions during all of this and, and stay focused on hockey? Yeah, obviously it's super sad what happened to Kyle. Uh, our thoughts, prayers, condolences go out to him and what he must be going through, and that's uh, just a terrible situation. Uh, like you said, it's pretty tough to focus on, on what's going on. I mean, I'm only 20 years old, and uh, it's, it kind of hits close to home to, to know what an individual could go through. And uh, it's sad to see, and hopefully uh, it all gets resolved. And Kyle is, uh, is definitely a courageous hero for being able to speak out and um, stand up. That's an outstanding way to put it there. Um, your first order of business when your season ended last year was to, to get fully healthy. Then once that occurred, what was the next focus uh, that you had in the off season for your growth and, and how those, whatever that focus was on or things you were focusing on, how have those results uh, been pertaining to those things through the first 10 games? Yeah, like you said, uh, just trying to get healthy, um, kind of maintain a, a good off season training regimen right away and, and get back in the gym and uh, find my stride again. So I think for me, it's just coming in this year and being able to prove who I was as a player and what I can be as a player in this league and um, continue to do that every night. And felt like through the first 10 games, it's, uh, it's been pretty good, but I know i got another gear to get to to help the team win. How much did you benefit from having your first training camp? A lot. Uh, it's it's kind of weird that I've been three years in the league and only had one training camp, but it was, it was good to be able to grow with the team and yeah, you, know, you kind of learn along the way and uh, get your legs under you and 
are able to uh, kind of pace yourself into it instead of just being thrown into the fire in the middle of a regular season. What was your curiosity factor once you, you finally saw that Jonathan was coming back? You had that, that first season with him. Um, how curious? I'm sure that there was a line of communication open with him, uh, you know, here and there during the course of what he was going through last year and last season. But uh, what was your curiosity factor in terms of where we're getting the old Johnny back here once you uh, arrived at training camp and even if you were doing some, some off-season work here in town prior to that? Yeah, it's obviously super exciting to have Taser back. Uh, he's one of the best players in the league for a long time, and he's a great leader on the ice and off the ice. It's uh, it's a privilege to be around him every day to learn from him. Uh, as a young guy, I looked up to him growing up, and, and it's, uh still get a little starstruck in the dressing room, sitting beside him and talking to him about things that he sees on the ice. So it's it's great to have him back, and he's obviously uh, something we missed last year, and it's uh, it's really helped us having him back this year. Another guy that had a little bit of a hiatus, obviously a much smaller sample size, but Patrick Kane returning to the team yesterday. What type of spark plug was he when you first saw him walk into the dressing room yesterday? Yeah, that was pretty exciting to see Kane coming back from the COVID protocols, and obviously he was healthy and ready to go, and I think that uh, was important for him to make sure that he took the time to use fully recovered and ready to come back, and then... Uh, I don't think many people could take 10 days off and come back and score a hat-trick and get an assist and dominate the game the way he did last night. And It was pretty special to, to see and play alongside. The, the results uh, certainly haven't been there yet with uh, the expectations that that we had coming into the season. I'm sure you guys you know, definitely feel the same way. But as that offseason was going on and you saw the list of names that were being added to this roster that – you know, uh, we've been saying for three weeks on the show here. You know, eventually some of those numbers are going to start matching the the back of their trading card with what they've done historically here. What were some of your reactions when you saw some of the offseason moves and the veterans that were added here? Uh, I was super excited, and uh, it all honestly made you want to start the season right away. Mm. So um, when those guys are added to your team, it's obviously a confidence booster from management and the coaching staff, knowing that we're going to kind of push towards playoff and try to be a winning team and as a young guy that gets you excited because you uh you want to help the team out in any way you can but it's also an opportunity to learn from the older guys that have been through so much in the league and understand what it takes to win so it, uh, it, it was exciting to see those guys here and obviously they've been great additions and uh like you said hopefully we can get the ball rolling here in november and um start a start winning games we're joined by Kirby Doc here on Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN. Uh, one of the new guys that the team added, Marc-Andre Fleury, I just kind of realized your first NHL goal was against him. Have you ever razzed him about that? <laughs> no, I Don't you it dare. Wasn't nice. It wasn't the nicest goal, so I won't, yeah, I won't, I won't say, say much to Flower. Dude, he's been great. Uh, he's got so much energy in the locker room and on the ice. He's always hooting and hollering, so it's, it's great to have him around him. Do you, do you, Even the shoot on in practice, it's, uh, it's fun. Do you think you'll ever feel comfortable razzing him about it? <laughs> I'm sure there'll come a time where <laughs> I maybe say something just to see what he says back. But uh, no, Flower's been great for us. It's awesome to have him here and to have him in the net every night. You, you know, you have a chance to win the game, and um, we just uh, we got to defend a little bit better in front of him, and things will be all right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of off-season acquisitions, too. Um, how, how much? How much did you know that when the second round came up uh, of the draft this season, that uh, this this past year, 
that uh, little brother uh, was even being seriously considered? Or did you get any kind of heads up that, yes, if he's there, we're going to grab him? Uh, tell us how that unfolded from your standpoint. And if you did have any knowledge, would you dare pass it along to him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the draft this year is virtual again. So we kind of just had some uh, close friends and family come over for both days and hung out and watched it on TV and we're on the Zoom call with the NHL during the whole thing. And uh, I got a text from Mark Kelly about two minutes before the Hawks pick saying mm. they're, they're going to take him, asking if I had a jersey at home for him to put on or wear or something <laughs> oh, like that. So I was sitting there talking to our agent, Mike, and told him to go grab the jersey real quick. And he went and grabbed the jersey. And I texted my buddy saying, be ready to grab the hat. And so a couple of us knew a little bit before, but uh, – Colton didn't know and is obviously super excited for him and I'm super excited to have him here and uh, it's obviously a lot easier on the family just making one trip out. Yeah, well, well we yeah. really we really loved your cameo appearance during uh, during his press conference too. That was something. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. I mean, I'm still excited to have him here and um, I'm excited for the day that he finally gets to put on the Hawks jersey for real and play in a regular season game and maybe be line mates. Well, it looks like he's off to a real good start. And, you know, he's not a Saskatoon Blade anymore. I know he's traded to Kelowna, but uh, I see uh, four goals, seven points in five games. Not bad for an 18-year-old kid. Some of the numbers uh, you put up in Saskatoon. What did I put up in Saskatoon? No, it says it's, it's kind of like the numbers you put up in Saskatoon. He's oh. scoring more than a point a game. Yeah, he's, he's off to a good start. Um, he's enjoying his time in Kelowna. It's a, it's a nice place. It's a super fun city to play junior hockey in, and he's, uh, he's looking forward to the challenge of getting better every day and hopefully can make a step to pro hockey in a, in a year or two. Do your parents own anything else other than Blackhawks apparel right now then? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I don't think so, <laughs> but uh, you never know. Hey, how, how much do you still keep in touch with Brent Seabrook if you do it all? I talk to Seeds quite a bit. Uh, I'd say probably once a week well, we uh, usually chat or catch up just to see what's going on in his life or what's going on with me and stuff like that it's uh it's a good relationship him and i have he's he's a huge mentor to me and helped me out so much throughout my years here when he was here and um obviously he let me live with him and kind of learn how to be a professional hockey player in every aspect of the word so uh, i owe him a, a great uh, gratitude and he was uh he's definitely great for me and helped me out along the way Kind of want to go back to last night's win really quick again. Um, a good effort from you guys on Saturday in St. Louis. What kind of effect did that 60 minutes have playing into yesterday's game, even though you guys didn't come away with the win? Because, you know, the conversation had always been, we need to play our full 60 minutes. We need to play our full 60 minutes. And now you finally do on Saturday. You don't come away with the victory. But it almost seemed like that effort carried over to the next day. Yeah, that was obviously a, a super disappointing loss. I felt like we had a good game and had our chances. We just couldn't find the back of the net. And Flower was really good again for us and stood on his head and made some huge saves at critical times to, to keep the game even. And then um, again against Ottawa, Flower kept us in it in the first period where we were kind of a little bit sloppy and uh, maybe gave up too many odd man rushes and then were able to hunker down in the second and third and play a little bit better defensively. But uh uh, we got a tough test tomorrow in Carolina. They, they play a hard game. They're good defensively, and um, they're obviously unbeaten for a reason. So we're excited for the challenge, and uh, we'll be ready to go. 
Well, I asked you a little bit earlier about uh, about uh, uh, little brother, but uh, you at, in training camp, getting that first training camp, had the opportunity to uh, go up against and perhaps skate a little bit with the first round pick from a year ago, whose uh, ceiling and upside seems so great. And you know, uh, everyone kind of expected that he would start the season in Rockford, which is where he is. But uh, what were some of your impressions uh, playing with and going up against Lucas Reichel in training camp? Yeah, Reichs has got a lot of skill. He's super, super slippery in and out of traffic. That's uh, the best way to describe it. He's got such puck skills and along the wall and in the middle of the ice, and such a good skater. It's uh, it's fun to watch him play and to play alongside him. Uh, is pretty fun too. And gets the puck in good situations for you and makes plays. And he's going to be a great player for a long time. And um, we're excited to see what he can do. And uh, I know I enjoyed playing with him. And maybe we'll, we'll see him in the future here. Well, Kirby, we really appreciate you taking your time out of, Tuesday, out of your Tuesday night to chat with us. Uh, best of luck tomorrow, and uh, keep up the great work. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Kirby. All right, that's Kirby Doc. As Blackhawks are coming off their first win of the year, 5-1 over Ottawa last night. They've got Carolina tomorrow night. We'll have that game for you right here on 720 WGN at 730, starting the pregame at 7 o'clock. Who are you and- working with tomorrow night? Uh, it's it's John and Paul. Okay. It's uh, wow. I I didn't. I just realized we're halfway to a, Be- a Beatles quartet. <laughs> after after bringing that up, <laughs> yeah. I wish. I wish. Um, heck, I'll take George Harrison either too. But uh, yeah, that'll be. Uh, I believe the second to last game with John and Paul because obviously a few other people getting worked in too. But um, you know, an exciting matchup and a tough matchup for the Hawks tomorrow against Carolina a team. They did have a lead against for a little bit. On the road last week, but couldn't hang on to it. And now, uh, hopefully, a rejuvenated Hawks heading home tomorrow to take on the mighty Carolina Hurricanes. we got to get over to the WGN newsroom. David Jennings is standing by. When we come back, we'll be talking about Kevin uh, off talking with the media. And we've got a Boyke's prize pack to give away as well. You're listening to Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. There seems to be some confusion on the point of whether despite his lack of power, position, or seniority, he should have felt free to speak up. But because of his limited authority and circumstance, he left the meeting believing that this matter was going to be investigated by his bosses, and when Aldrich parted ways with the team, he thought that was what had happened. Kevin was not in a position either to be made aware of or to access additional information about what was going on after the May 23rd meeting, and he did not have such information. That's NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman explaining why Kevin Sheveldayoff was not reprimanded for his involvement in the Brad Aldrich meeting with Chicago Blackhawks front office in that meeting of 2010 after they had eliminated the San Jose Sharks in the Western Conference final. Kevin Sheveldayoff is now the GM of the Winnipeg Jets. He actually met with the media today uh, and explained his side of the situation. I'm Joe Brand alongside WGN-TV's Chris Bowden. This is Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. Here's the quote um, from Kevin Sheveldayoff earlier today. Kyle was failed by a system that should have helped him but did not. Speaking about Kyle Beach, of course. 
during a press conference in Winnipeg to discuss the NHL's decision. Uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff went on to say, I'm sorry that my own assumptions about that system were clearly not good enough. And then later on, Jets governor and co-owner Mark Chipman said, Kevin Cheveldayoff was abruptly pulled into a single meeting where there was a general inquiry about the appropriate text and verbal comments. He was told by leadership of that organization that they would investigate it and attack it. I'm sorry, I, I... the quote's a little muffed right now on my screen right now, but basically uh, would investigate it and go after it. Um, and that's kind of the same explanation that Stan Bowman had to say, too, although Stan Bowman stepped aside from being the Blackhawks general manager and president of hockey operations, Chris. And uh, it just seems like we're, we're going to have to still continue to hear from more people about all of this. And uh, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot more meetings to be had just to get more and more information about this, even though you know the Black and Jenner investigation case was, what, 107 pages? Mm-hmm. It just seems like there's still a lot more uh, information about this whole situation. Yeah, I, I would imagine there would be and, uh, and that there will be and there should be. Um, and, and, you know, this is, this is a Blackhawks show and, you know, uh, you know, the, the Blackhawks are great in, in giving us a guest every week. And, uh, you know, uh, we try to look at things as, as, as glass half full, but, you know, uh, you and I both chatted before the show a little bit and, you know, this has to be, as the team is now facing all this, uh, Blackhawks live has to face this and address it. And, um, there are just, too many adjectives, sad, disturbing, wrong, um, a failure on so many levels. And it hurts personally that some of the people in that meeting whom I've had a working relationship with decided to make, in the end, the very worst possible decision. And and I've heard some people say, and Kyle himself said uh, in that um, very – emotional and raw interview that that some media knew about it at the time and and as someone who covered and traveled to cover games in the four cities during that stanley cup run i never heard anything about at the time nor anything of it um until the lawsuit became public late spring um early summer and and that includes spending the last four years as a team employee and apparently this information was held all this time from Rocky as well until almost a year ago. Um, you know, most of us know someone who is not well, and unless something is inherited, there are reasons they are not well. And how Kyle Beach went from scoring 52 goals in 68 games in his final year in juniors in 2009-10, then play four games for Rockford before becoming a black ace, to never uh, being able to make the Hawks or any other NHL team in his career was always kind of a, a mystery to me. And now we may have the main answer to that based on um, just the, the terrible decisions that were made at the time. So, you know, let's um, applaud Kyle, uh, his impressive strength last week and the impressive strength that he continues to show for what he has been through. Let, let, let's understand and empathize with um, all that he is, the horrors that he has dealt with, and um, offer, you know, unwavering uh, support for him and others like him uh, moving forward. Uh, there, there is no doubt a stain on this organization. The franchise is and and will pay for those irreparable decisions uh, by those who were in charge at the time. It will be a long road back from those mistakes and to regain 
at least a respectable level of trust, if not an entire trust of the fan base uh, and NHL fans. All they can possibly do is what they are now trying to do and what should have been done a long time ago. Work with Kyle, work with his representatives to try to find a way to make this right as much as possible. It's never going to be completely right. And, you know, also now become a leader, an example, and a voice in these situations moving forward, because that's what has to be done to help prevent tragedies like this from ever happening again. And I also might even suggest doing what they possibly can do for the family of that victim in Michigan. And um, it's it's going to be a long, painstaking process for uh, the sins that were committed, and all they can possibly do now is do the right thing as much as possible here moving forward. And that's exactly what CEO Danny Wirtz and Team President Jamie Faulkner are planning on. In fact, uh, they met with Kyle Beach's attorney. Uh, This coming from Rick Westhead of TSN, who's been on top of this story uh, for months now. His tweet said, The Blackhawks and Kyle Beach's attorney talked for about an hour this afternoon in a joint statement. They say the talks were respectful and cordial, but each side had different viewpoints. A positive dialogue has begun. The signs, the sides that is plan to meet again. And again, like you said, the Wirtz um, are claiming they did not know of the situation until you know the investigation was uh, really getting down to the nitty gritty and very very detailed. And even Brent Sopel, who was kind of uh, calling out some of his teammates about the situation before the Block and Jenner case, he went ahead and said that he believes uh, the Rock, uh, Rocky Wirtz and Danny Wirtz are both telling the truth in that situation. He backs them up with the idea that they did not know about what was going on. So all that they and this organization can do now is move forward. I know there's been some criticism involving the Hawks trying to dismiss the case. Uh, Their claim on that has been that was before the investigation had gone through. Uh, In terms of trying to dismiss those cases, that's in terms of a legality issue and timing of the cases. And right now, uh, what the current Blackhawks organization is trying to do that doesn't involve anybody from that 2010 season is to move forward with this and try to make sure they're doing everything they can to make sure this doesn't happen again and being very vocal and somewhat of a teammate with Kyle Beach, at least moving forward as of right now. And I know Kyle Beach uh, has a very strong feelings about probably the sport of hockey, the NHL, and the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. But all that um, the Hawks can do right now is be there for him as much as he will allow that, obviously, um, that's a, a strong standpoint for him, and uh, and just try to get this thing resolved as long as it's going to take. And as you know, they move forward here with some of these meetings in hopes of getting an out of court settlement. The Blackhawks, um, uh, you know, there were procedural things that had to be done. Unfortunately, timed out last week, but the Blackhawks are offering, uh, at least for the time being, from what I understand, a sixty day stay on any litigation right now while they try and. You know, try to work out some kind of amicable, fair solution and also, you know, um, good or stick tap on the Blackhawks. Uh, as much as everyone was looking forward to and seeing Marion Hosa return to town and, and have his legacy night, along with, you know, further down the road, uh, two other significant pieces, members of that 2010 team with legacy nights for Seabrook and Jalmerson later in the year. We'll have to see. You know, if those end up transpiring, but uh, everything now related with that 2010 team uh, probably needs to be on hold. The day will come down the road where we'll be able to have 
what can hopefully be as much of a celebration as possible without the stain of all this kind of infringing on the moment that some of these players deserve. But um, it was the right thing to do. And I see Marion issued a statement earlier today uh, agreeing with that decision. The time will come. The time is not right now. Yeah, and the Blackhawks claiming that, you know, this is a time for reflecting and not celebrating from that year. I also believe that they uh, have made it clear that anyone who purchased tickets specifically for the Marion Hosa celebration can talk uh, to the Blackhawks uh, ticket office and and go through the other options of that. We do have a victory to talk about from last night. Patrick Kane reaching a couple of big accolades in Blackhawks history. We've also got a Boyke's prize pack to give away. Hey, if you were at the game last night, want to talk about your experience, maybe you threw your hat on the ice, why don't you give us a call? 312-981-7200. We've got a Boyke's Biltong prize pack to give away. If you don't happen to win it, you can always go to Boyke's Use the promo code WGN and get 10% off your first order. We'll uh, give away that Boyke's prize pack and talk about the Hawks' win next here on Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN. Right back to where we started from, Chris Bowden and I, wrapping up Blackhawks Live. You weren't even born when that song was popular, (laughs) I don't think, right? I can know songs before I was born, can't I? yeah, I suppose. Are there any you know? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Hey, uh, and and yeah, thank goodness uh, these first four weeks is this four weeks we've done the show. I believe um, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I happen to have been working here at Channel Nine for every show, but thank goodness they have the broadcast line here at the station. I'm able to uh, I'm able to join you. And yeah, you'll never guess the guy I'm working with uh, at 10:30 tonight on GN Sports. You'll, you'll you'll never guess who it is. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that it's the best boss in the entire. Oh, world. listen to this. And no, I'm not trying to brown nose whatsoever or anything <laughs> like that, but uh, if it happens to be a guy that goes by the name of Mr. Cat, uh, please mm-hmm. tell him I said hello. And I'll I- do that. It's, it's going to be like uh, early 90s uh, news radio reunion here. <laughs> Uh, on 1030 GN Sports. so and Maybe you guys can uh, play right back to where we started from. Then. <laughs> that. I don't know if he's working tomorrow morning. He's got the quick turnaround, though. Good on him. Well, that's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, Blackhawks live as we recap a Blackhawks victory 5-1 over the Ottawa Senators. We're giving away a Boyke's prize pack. It's Biltong. It's better than beef jerky, and it's healthier for you, too. We got Pete from the South Loop calling in, asking about other coaching options. Pete, I, I take it you... Aren't a fan of who's behind the bench for the Hawks right now, huh? Hey, fellas. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Love listening to you, Joe and Chris. Yeah, so I'm thinking it's not a matter of if, but when Colleton gets fired here. And, uh, you know, really curious about your uh, thoughts on the next coach for the Hawks. Is it, uh, you know, a young up-and-comer coach on the bench right now? Or is there uh, other uh, options you guys think uh, could be a better fit? Uh, interested to hear what you got to think. All right, Pete. Well, thank you very much for the call. It was only a matter of time before we got one of those. But, um, you know, we kind of addressed this the the past couple of weeks, Chris. Number one, we don't have the authority to to let anyone go. Number two, uh, the cards have have been changed right now for the Blackhawks. Um, Jeremy Colleton replacing Joel Quinville was a Stan Bowman decision. Stan Bowman is no longer the general manager of this team. Right now, it's Kyle Davidson who is technically the interim general manager. So I think the Hawks have bigger fish to fry right now than who is the head coach of the situation. Um, Colleton's been in the spot for a couple of years now. 
this roster was kind of built and put together to try and work with his game plan. And, and again, I think it just goes to the Hawks have a bigger decision to make right now in terms of the general manager, if that is Kyle Davidson or someone else. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure out your boss's boss before you figure out the boss, right? Yeah. And, and, uh, uh Kyle has been an up and comer in the organization. Uh, he's still, very young, obviously never had this role. This doesn't mean he is incapable of that role, but I think first and foremost, even if there is a move on Kyle's watch, it would be also uh, something interim until they figure out what their future is with uh, whomever the next uh, president of hockey operations slash general manager will be. And that's going to have to be a call that uh, Danny Wirtz and, and Jamie Faulkner are going to have to eventually make. But if Kyle is so inclined and is given the power to do something uh, behind the bench this season, I would imagine it would just be somebody elevated from that bench currently. Now, whether they, Mark Crawford is a guy with a ton of experience, he's won Stanley Cup, but whether they want to go in that direction with someone um, who unfortunately they had to look into and investigate uh, uh, recently themselves and uh, th- they were satisfied with uh, what Mark has been able to do with um, uh, some of, uh, you know, the, what he's been able to do in terms of, um, you know, I'm not going to say straighten himself out, but being a different person now than he was mm-hmm. earlier in his coaching career. If you want to go experience, that would that would probably be the guy, but whether they would want to go in that direction for the reasons I just mentioned, uh, I'm not so sure. So I, I think anything until Kyle's situation would go, if they do decide to go in that direction, it would still probably just be somebody elevated from within, be it here or from Rockford. Yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, th- that seems like the easy fix if that decision were to be made to remove Jeremy Colleton. But, you know, listen, the Blackhawks are dealing with a lot right now, and uh, the top of the chain uh, is the bigger aspect to deal with. And it sounds like everyone that's talked about Kyle Davidson has a lot of faith in him. And uh, kind of like you said, Chris, an up-and-comer, but somebody that has been in the organization for quite some time, somebody that has uh, kind of earned his bearings and and moving up. And uh, it's going to take a little bit before they go ahead and decide to make a coaching change. And, you know, let's let's see what happens after this win. Listen, I know Carolina is a very good team. I know Winnipeg is a very good team, especially with the Blackhawks being on the road. And I know it's just one win, but it's not so much a it's early argument. It's just a fact that there's still a lot to go on with not only the season, but this whole situation. So I don't think it's going to be a very aggressive approach from the Hawks as of right now. Uh, I understand a couple of uh, guys who have been out for a while. We're back at uh, practice today, some of the uh, depth defensemen guys. So I'm, I'm curious to see how quickly Caleb Jones and, and Wyatt Kalanuk can get back in the lineup. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Colleton saying that uh, Kalanuk is making a little bit more progress than Caleb Jones. Um, but, you know, great to see Riley Stillman, Jujar Kara back from COVID protocol. I really like what Riley Stillman had to say earlier today about just a, a – more positive atmosphere with this team because you know he went down with COVID what ten days ago when the team was struggling. Now he comes up after the first victory of the year. It's just kind of a whole new room. And uh, again, Patrick Kane with a hat trick last night, his seventh career regular season hat trick. He now has more goals than Steve Larmer, more points than mm-hmm. Dennis Savard, and he's two games away from passing Bobby Hull. Unfortunately, that's going to be it for Blackhawks Live. A big thanks to my buddy Chris Bowden. We'll see you on TV soon, huh? Thank you. And uh, yeah, with 
some other guy that we both know, too. <laughs> Stay tuned to Channel 9 for Mr. Cat and Mr. Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. This has been Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN.